This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Stuffer Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. more of that please. It's the warm-up episode 134, it's your host Brady Frost and I'm joined by BBC Radio Leaders and West Yorkshire Sports, Louis Reynolds. Louis, how are you doing? I'm really good and more of 4-0 Brady would be excellent, wouldn't it, between now and the end of the season? Yes, yes, I would, uh, let's let's hope that. You know, maybe maybe John Weberton's going to win every game 4-0 and uh, get the job We'll take it, we'll take it. We will take it. Um, you may hear, or you may see if you're watching on YouTube, Tom is not here. He's away on a trip in Amsterdam. Uh, I'm told it's for business and not for pleasure, listeners, but he should be back uh, next week for the next preview. So we'll just get into this one, really, because we've got a few things to talk about this game, but also, obviously, Town don't have a time of recording, don't have a manager, John Wormington, still in charge. So we'll touch on that a little bit. But, yeah, let's start with the game at St Mary's. So Huddersfield, fresh from that 4-0 win against relegation rivals Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, they're travelling down to St Mary's to take on Southampton. Thanks for a bit of a daunting pros- prospect. Why is that? Well, 21 championship games unbeaten. That's dating back to September, the last time they lost. Uh, they've got five clean sheets in the last eight games. 23 games unbeaten in all competitions. And they've got three league victories on the spin. And they're second in the table. Louis, um, <laughs> with all that in mind, is it a case of this game's a bit of a free hit for Huddersfield? Um, you, you would maybe look at it that way, wouldn't you? But I guess given Huddersfield's position in the table, albeit that brilliant win um, at the weekend over Wednesday, in what, in what was a must-win game, wasn't it? But you look at QPR there, picking up a few wins. I don't want to say a free hit because Town still need as many points as possible. You know, Town aren't 13th, 14th in the league with a, a good gap from the relegation spots and a too big of a gap from the playoff spots where you can kind of just go, oh, free hit, go and express yourself. Um, But it is one of them, you know, we've touched on it before, haven't we? If Huddersfield Town lose at the weekend, which, look, 
let's not beat around the bush given Southampton's current form, the squad they have, their league position um, isn't beyond the realms of possibility, to put it politely. Um, town season isn't going to be defined by a defeat at St Mary's, surely. Um, but I still wouldn't say free hit. Yeah, fair. I think for me, I said it last week, I think uh, I've not really changed my mind, even though we've won 4-0 at the weekend. I could see whoever's in charge really losing this three or four nil potentially, and that's not a that's not a slight on the manager or Huddersfield. I just think sometimes you've got to look at teams in the league. You know, Leicester's an example. Um, I think obviously it'd be fantastic if even Town got a point in this game, but it's all about really the performance they put in. And I know um, it's still a bit tight, you know, at the bottom of the table, but this isn't a game. People are expecting much from town. And look, that can work in their favour. We were chatting before, Louis, like you say, that run's got to end sometime. Uh, we always say it when town are in a good <laughs> run of form, which isn't often. And, but that's why we say the run has to come to an end. But yeah, I think I normally don't want to be like, I, I take, a, take a loss. But I think if, for example, they lost 1-0, they were quite tight defensively and you're know, putting a good show and you know, maybe had one or two chances. I, I just think... Momentum's really important and it would be good to see a, a performance. I think I think that's kind of what I'm taking away from this. Yeah, I think you're spot on. I think if we're talking at five o'clock on Saturday and it, it, it's been a drubbing, you know, a five or six nil, that's when you you maybe start to worry. I think if, if Town go there and lose one, two, maybe even three nil, but put in a good performance, then it, it's something to build on. And whether that, that's a new manager in place this weekend or the following week, I mean, if a new manager was to come in between now and Saturday, you think, wow, that is not really the start they would have hoped for away to Southampton. But look, I think you've got to look at it reasonably as well. I mean, I think... This season, the Championship especially, we've seen that gulf of the three teams who have come down from the Premier League who are just blowing teams away pretty much every week, aren't they now? Leicester, Leeds and Southampton. Ipswich have done so well to keep up with them. Um, So, as I say, you know, a a defeat at Southampton doesn't define the rest of the season for me. Um, You know, you you just want to see a performance. And and at the end of the day... as I said, we're, we're all realistic. Southampton's squad on paper, it's a probably could challenge mid-table in the Premier League at the moment, couldn't it? So if, if Town go there and it ends up a 1-0 or 2-0 defeat, but the performance is there, I think we'll we'll be happy because we can see those building blocks going forward, especially with a potential new manager coming in. Mm, yeah, and obviously, listeners, it's not too long ago. They have to look back to the last time these two sides played. Obviously, it was, it was 1-1. Um, if we're honest, I can probably say this being a town fan, maybe we were lucky to get a point out of that. But, you know, they have shown it. So who knows, really? I think, it, like you say, it's it's a bit of a difficult one. I think most teams will lose at St Mary's this season away teams and there's no shame in that. But it's, I just think sometimes, you know, it's never nice to have a defeat. But like we've kind of said, sometimes you just got to look at the other team and, you know, yeah. and unfortunately, like, yeah, <laughs> they are a good think- I think, I guess, the one thing we all cling on to as football fans is that optimism and, uh, you know, why can't it be us who who ends the unbeaten run? And, and, and as we say, like, unbeaten runs have to come to an end. I, for some reason, I, I was looking through past town seasons and I was just looking at, like, the records and stuff. And I, I got onto the, the promotion season under David Wagner and uh, I was reminded of 
Town going for the playoff, still with an outside chance of the top two. And Burton Albion fighting relegation came to the John Smiths and nicked it really late on. And I'm sorry to remind people of that, but isn't that just a prime example that you had a team banging form, a team, I mean, Huddersfield Town aren't this, but a team in Burton Albion who at the time were punching above the weight in the championship and go and nick a win um, away to the side that ends up winning the playoff final. So anything can happen, but... um, it's going to be interesting because, you, you know, you never know from a Southampton point of view. They might be looking at Huddersfield Town and underestimating them. Now, I'm not saying the will because they're clearly such a professional outfit. Russell Martins, you can tell he's, he's a really switched on guy. So I don't think they will. Um, but you never know. I think it'll be interesting to see how the game starts. I think the longer Town go on without conceding a goal, you might be thinking, hold on a minute. There's a chance for a point, maybe even three. I think the worst thing for Huddersfield Town to do, and I, I, I hate to jinx it, but would be to concede in those opening 10 minutes or so. Um, that that could be disaster because then the floodgates open, you're chasing the game, you're giving them a lot more space. Um, but as I've said a million times on this podcast to you, Brady, I'm, I'm ever the optimist. So let's just wait and see. It could be a coupon buster. And if it is, that that is a coupon buster. And, and, you know, the Wednesday game we've just had, but if Town do get something, we'd look at these seven days as, as maybe a real turning point in the season. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I like that. We need a bit of optimism. You know, positive season. Yeah, like you say, I suppose, yeah, it, it's an interesting one. I think um, it's probably one of the hardest games on, on paper for Town for the rest of the season, but like I say, anything can happen in football and that's why we love it. And if you are going to try and think of a positive for town, I suppose John Worthington, I imagine, will be still in charge, temporary charge. And if you're looking, if you're from a Southampton perspective, it might be quite hard to analyse what to expect because uh, yeah. you've got one game to go on and it was a, you know, it's not the same type of game. So who knows? Who knows? That's why we love football. But um, Louis, let's talk about potential new managers for town. So, like we say, at the time of recording, they haven't announced the new manager yet. We expect John Wellington will take charge of this one. Um, just looking at the bookies before we jumped on here, Michael Duff is still the favourite uh, with John Eustace and Paul Heckingbottom behind. I did see on Sunday, Alan Nixon seems to suggest Paul Heckingbottom isn't interested. Uh, also notice John Wellington shot up to 8-1, to despite uh, he doesn't want it. Um, We've talked about this with bookies before, though. If, so if I went and wanted 20, 20 quid on uh, someone, they'd shoot up in the rankings. So um, it's a bit of an interesting one. But, Louis, just keen to get your thoughts, really. Who do you think would be a good appointment from some of the names that we've, we've seen? Well, I think the three standout names, albeit we've, we've seen reports that Paul Heckingbottom's not interested. If, if you look at the three, Heckingbottom, Eustace and Duff, I, I think any one of the three would be a, a good appointment, one that'll hopefully rejuvenate fans and you look at them all individually that they've all got credentials and pedigree you know Michael Duff did brilliantly at Cheltenham didn't he got the Barnsley job left Barnsley and went to Swansea and okay that didn't work out there's always the argument was he given enough time you know but who is given enough time in in modern day management um, but it's interesting what, what Kevin Nagel and Jake Edwards and Mark Cartwright said when Darren Moore left the club. They're looking for someone for that short-term fix, i.e. keep town in the championship this season, but then to build on a long-term strategy. So so Duff is one of those, I don't know, can we still call him an up-and-coming coach, given, given he's been managing now for a few years. But the work he did at Cheltenham and Barnsley, 
you know, implementing a certain style. Swansea identified him from Barnsley because they liked his style and thought that would suit their their play. Um, so he could be someone who could implement a long-term strategy. Heckingbottom, brilliant at Barnsley. Um, oh, brilliant at Barnsley. Um, obviously, he had a spell at Leeds, which which didn't quite go to plan, and then took over at Sheffield United and took them back up to the Premier League. So I think either one of Heckingbottom or Duff would be pleasing. Um, maybe Heckenbottom's got a little bit more experience, a little bit more now since he's been in the Premier League recently. Um, and then John Eustace. I, th- I think John Eustace is an in- interesting one. He got the Birmingham job, didn't he? And I remember thinking, oh, yeah, John Eustace, who played for Watford. That's how I remembered him, just one of Watford's players when they were in the Championship. And then he did a steady enough job. Obviously, they've had a few off-field problems, haven't they? Um and this season, they they appeared to be, albeit I know they've got a bit of ownership over from the from the US and Tom Brady being involved in there. It, it it almost felt they were one of the outsiders going for the playoffs. All of a sudden, you were looking at the league table and thought, "Well, Birmingham are doing well." Um, but you made a good point, didn't you, Brady? Before before we came on air, that we we wouldn't have known how that season would have panned out if Eustace had stayed. Whether Birmingham would have stayed up there. Um, but obviously, reading into it, the Birmingham fan, fans were absolutely gutted that they'd let him go. Um, so I think they all come with credentials, and I think all of them would be would be a cause for optimism. I'd, I'd, I wouldn't see any of those three, in my opinion. If, if Town appointed any one of the three, I wouldn't be scratching my head at any of them. I can see their credentials, definitely. Um, but going back to Duff, you know, some might say, look at Swansea, he didn't, he didn't deliver the goods, but... Yeah, so the, interesting, um, and I suppose John Worthington's probably shot up in the odds because Town have won, and as you say, people have probably lumped a few quid on him. Um, but any of those three, I, I think that'd be a pretty sound appointment, to be honest. If, if I had to push you to name one, just so I can clip it up and you can look like you know, um, <laughs> know everything on there, but well, who would you out of those three? Who would you uh, if you had to choose? It's really tough. Um, and the reports, and I hope you keep this bit in, Brady, the reports, some reports have suggested it, it won't be Heckingbottom, but I think out of the three, I would probably go for Heckingbottom. Really good job at Barnsley, really good job at Sheffield United, and he's got experience managing at a higher level. I think he's just got a bit more of that experience of the championship than the other two. Eustace did a great job at Birmingham. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Duff's first exposure to the championship this season didn't go how he would have wanted. So if it was totally on me, if we ignored all the reports and it was out of those three, I'd, I'd go for Paul Heckenbottom. Mm. No, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm kind of with you. I don't, I'm, maybe I've been a bit harsh on Heckenbottom, but I just don't. I think the circumstances, he's, he's coming to like Sheffield United to do a good job, but that was yeah. a very good side. Yeah. Um, I look at them and it's, it's hard to say but I do quite like Michael Dove when we did the live show at the end of last season um, you know chatting to Steve and, and, and Dave from We Are Terriers they were quite impressed with Dove we had Alex Miller on who's from the uh, the Sheffield Star um, he was saying whenever he saw his Barnsley team um, he was quite impressed by them and he think it'd be a good appointment for town I think the things that looking at looking at the names in the list, it's hard to say. I think John John Eustace, although he's doing a good job with Birmingham, I still think I suppose every manager is a bit of a risk, but maybe he's not got that body of work in, in the way the other two have because um, he's still quite a young manager. I think what appeals to me about Duff is um, 
this is something I heard constantly, and it's not particularly exciting, but they're off the ball work uh, for Barnes. Yeah. And I think that's something Town have shown they can be quite good at in the past with the current squad. Um, you know, we saw it under Neil. We did see it a bit under Moore. You know, obviously we didn't see the goals under Darren Moore, but um, yeah, off the ball, we were quite good. And from the from all accounts, I know a few Barnsley fans, his football, you know, they weren't particularly complaining about his, his style. I think Swansea's a bit of an interesting one because you look at that and obviously Steve Cooper kind of left in, in interesting circumstances. Same with Russell Martin. So, yeah. Um, and I do think they like to play a certain certain style of football. And I always thought, I, I think I've said it on here before, I always thought that was a bit of an odd fit. You know, we don't, when we talk about clubs and appointing managers, we don't often talk about the fit and whether it makes sense. And that always seemed a bit off for me. So I'd probably go for Duff. I think that this is the kind of situation if you if you appoint a third manager of the season, every name linked has probably got question marks around it or has a bad job you can point to. Yeah, I think I think when you're at that stage and you, you are appointing, as you say, that third manager of the season for, for the second consecutive season in Huddersfield Town's case, you're not probably going to be in a position to go and poach a manager in work, you you know, or or maybe some of the more sought after out of work names. I know, I know, some people were saying, wouldn't it be great to go and get Steve Cooper? But you can't really see Steve Cooper after having a Premier League job with Forest choosing to drop back down to Championship. He might do. But you would imagine it would be a club at the higher end of the table, or, or maybe a club who end up getting relegated from the Premier League this season. Um, so there's all you're right. There's always going to be question marks. You know the candidates you're looking at. All three have been though. If we take those three, they've all been sacked this season. Um, what would be interesting, whoever whoever comes in, would would be a question to them. You know this is this is the second season on the bounce. Town have appointed a third manager of the season. Um, what makes you think you'll be given the time and, and the resources to to build your own team, implement your own philosophy? It would be really interesting to hear from whoever the manager is. Um, to, you know, wh- why have you taken this job when ultimately you've had five predecessors in the last, what are we on now? We're on February 2024. So since August 2022, you've had five predecessors. So what makes you think you'll be different and and you can get things right? So it's a tough one. I mean, I mean, you know, I, I don't believe for a second any club will go into any season thinking we want to get through three managers, let alone do that twice, two seasons in a row. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting. And, and I guess for Town, they've just got to yes, question marks over, over all three again, if we're taking these three. But... Um, I think the position town are in and I think we've all got to whoever the new man is and I'm sure everyone will get behind them and, and look at positivity. What, you know, what can they bring to the role? I think, you know, for, for Darren Moore, unfortunately it didn't work out, but he was following Neil Warnock and I think the nature of that decision was always going to work against whoever came into the job after Neil Warnock. So this time around it's let's look at what positives they can bring to the side and hopefully start moving up. Hmm. And you, you are an optimist, uh, Louis, you said, <laughs> say it in terms of a, a negative. I suppose for me, I, I, I don't know if you, you agree, I, I just think whoever town a point, even if they get relegated, um, I think they should stick with the person unless, you know, of a, unless results are t- absolutely terrible. Yeah, um, yeah. I think looking at the people who are mentioned, don't think you would get that really and I think even if town unfortunately we're playing league one football next season I think it's really important that we 
we stick with that person you know for as long as we can um, I don't know what your thoughts are on that well I, I think I, I would agree with you totally look whoever comes in it's not their fault town are in the position they're in they're, they're obviously going to be bought in we read in the club statements didn't we they're going to be bought in for the long term but for first the short term and that aim is is clearly to stay in the championship um if it is a duff for example i mean i agree with you i think any of those three who come in they they would get enough to keep town in the division um if not, if if results went their way, if I don't know QPR, Sheffield Wednesday, whoever picked up such a good run of form, it was just impossible to compete with. I think, I mean, especially someone like a Michael Duff. Um, you know, it, I, I never agree with people who say it would be better for us to get relegated. I, I'm always in the camp. No, it wouldn't stay up. Um, but if they were to get relegated, and you've got, i.e., a Michael Duff in place, he knows League One. He came what. 30 seconds, uh, within 30 seconds of being successful in League One with Sheffield Wednesday. By all accounts, Barnsley should have won that playoff final. Um, you know, give them the tools required to to get out of the division. I think regardless of whether Town go down or stay up, they, they can't keep changing managers. I think there needs to be a, a, a direction. Um, and, and and as we say, we've seen that in the club statement. And, it, and if that rings true, then they are appointing someone for the long term. Um, I guess in a way it's just getting safe and getting this season out the way, really. Yeah, definitely. I mean, how many times have we heard that at town fans? But yeah, I do think it's the case again. Let's like, yeah, I'd kind of be quite happy for the season to end now. <laughs> when we're yeah. Yeah, finished 21st, but we'll see. I suppose coming coming back to the Southampton game, it's probably a good time to hear from the fan phone in. So we spoke to the Saints FC podcast just to kind of check in for this one. Here's what they had to say. Hello, this is Tom Bradshaw, and you're listening to the Fan Phone-In. Hello, caller. Tell us about your team. Since we came up to Huddersfield, our results have been uh, pretty amazing, to be honest, as everyone knows. I think it's eight wins and three draws since we come up to your place. Um, outside of that, we've actually now won the last eight games at home. So it's a, it's a, a big job on, uh, on Huddersfield's hands on uh, Saturday. Um, in all league games, we've actually won six out of the last seven. The only one we haven't won was at Norwich when um, they lined up with a back 10 um, for 90% of the game against us. So uh, that might be a tactic that you, uh, you try and implement on uh, Saturday. Our outstanding players at the moment, uh, everyone talks about strikers when they, um, when they kind of do these lists. And uh, our main attacking players have been Ryan Fraser, and Stuart Armstrong uh, for the last few weeks. Both of them have been uh, ridiculously creative um, and creating goals mainly for Adam Armstrong, who gets all the headlines. Uh, he's, a, he's a strange player in that you can forget he's playing for 80 minutes and then he scores or gets an assist. So um, those are the, the main three to worry about. But uh, quietly, Che Adams has uh, gone on quite a decent run of uh, scoring goals. So... Uh, Hopefully he can uh, he can keep that going. He tends to only play well during transfer windows, but uh, um, now he's in the last sort of couple of months of his contract. Uh, hopefully he sees this as one big audition for uh, for a big move at the end of the season. In defence, which is what our success has been built on, 
Uh, you've got Taylor Hold, Bellis and Jan Bednarek, who have been superb as the two centre-backs, both defensively and in bringing the ball out and um, starting a lot of the attacks. Um, somewhat underrated in the centre of midfield is Flynn Downs, who does the uh, the dirty work, basically getting about the park and breaking up any um, any uh, any breaks that the opposition might have and um, knitting everything together. So he's probably our single most important player. Um, sadly, he's only on loan from West Ham and I think it's going to cost a lot of money to, um, to buy him. And we certainly won't have him next year if we're still in the championship. The run, I think, has been inspired by a continuity of selection. Um, we had a little four-game run fairly close to the start of the season where things went a bit wrong and the selections were a bit random. But uh, he certainly found his best team, his best formation, and is largely sticking to it, swapping players in and out only when sort of tiredness uh, dictates that he needs to. Um, there are very clearly defined roles for uh, every position on the park, and it seems that everyone buys into it. There doesn't seem to be any dissent in the camp whatsoever. Uh, last year when we got relegated, it was obvious that some players weren't happy with the way things were and nor was anyone else because it was an absolute catastrophe. But uh, So the turnaround has been quite remarkable. The main thing I find about Russell Martin is that he does learn from mistakes. If you take the Huddersfield away game as an example, that was a game where we went ahead and then in almost complacent fashion tried to sort of coast through the game and ended up uh, conceding a goal at the end. We seem to have learned from that now and that when we get the first goal, we really do push on and try and put the game to bed. And in home games in particular, that's uh, what we've been doing. We've had some some big wins, um, usually when the other team caves in in the last sort of 15, 20 minutes. So uh, we're keeping the foot on the throat now, whereas uh, earlier on in the season, there were times that we, w that we didn't do that. We definitely uh, should be aiming for the top two and uh, we definitely are aiming for the top two. And we would virtually be there already if uh, Leeds would uh, just go away. Um, we think Ipswich are going to go away, but uh, Leeds are the worry at the moment because uh, they're stringing together a run that's almost as good as ours. So uh, it would be nice if they went away. Uh, it's a ridiculous standard at the top of the league this year. As you know, um, as a comparison, the last time we got promoted in 2011, I think we were we had 10 points less than what we've got now at a similar stage of the season and you know even a week ago we were we were still we were fourth at one point uh, so it's quite quite mad at the top of the league but uh, yeah keep things going the way we are and uh, we certainly should make the top two score prediction uh, obviously our run is going to come to an end at some point um, be it the home run or the uh, the, the unbeaten run across all competitions. Uh, but to be perfectly honest, I don't really see it happening this weekend, despite the fact that Huddersfield obviously had a very good uh, result last week against Sheffield Wednesday. Um, you might have a new manager in charge, which might provide some sort of bounce, or it might not. Ultimately, I think Saints will be too strong for Huddersfield. Um, so I'm going for a, a fairly comfortable 2-0 win. Okay, thanks to the chats for that. Now it's time for Kwana's question. A few things, things change, but also a lot of things are still the same. So, ahead of the preview show, we wanted to know which January signing do you think will have the biggest impact between now and the end of the season? So, as always, I'm going to read out your responses 
listeners, and then I will ask Louis and I'll get my thoughts on it too. Uh, we'll start with Dawn. She says Matos, but actually, after watching uh, Rodina Bolka he, against Wednesday, he could be immense. Very Van Dyke-esque with the ball at his feet and also heard he was the fastest in his league last season. I think he'll love that comparison. Uh, John Matthew says, I really hope it's Bojan. We need some strikers getting goals for to stay up. But given the curse that seems to have been cast on our forwards, I'm going to say Matos, the championship can say. And Marco Borgia says, even Matos, who seems clinically unable not to go into every challenge with the kind of impact that might split to the atom, or Bolka, who occasionally had the look of someone playing in colour while the rest of the game is in black and white. Uh, so, yeah, quite a few names mentioned. Obviously, Alec Matos had a, had a pretty good game, I thought, against Wednesday. Um, but Louis, who of all the signings town have made, you can even be a bit cheeky and uh, include ones at the summer. Um, but who do you think <laughs> had the impact? I think Dawn's got a really good shout with Balkan, but what I would say on that is Helix having an unbelievable season. Um, we all know how solid Matty Pearson can be. We've got to give credit to Tom Lees. I, I don't think the issue for town has been the defence this season. It, it's a, As you've touched on it, it's scoring the goals. I think Alex Matos, I watched his debut at Man City. And, you know, to, to be looking at a player who's just come in on loan from Chelsea, a young player, and at the end of the game, where Town have played arguably the best team in the world, where we've seen Kevin De Bruyne come on and do Kevin De Bruyne things and walk out and go, that Alex Matos looks really good. Mm. Um, I, I think he will be key, just just shoring up that midfield, having a presence in that midfield, breaking up play, not afraid to put challenges in. You, you're right, he was brilliant uh, against Sheffield Wednesday. I wasn't at the game this weekend, but I've watched the extended highlights and he just seemed to be involved. Um which is, which is what town need. They need that presence. Um, but I think that the, the biggest impact would be one of the forwards, either Healy or Radulovic. Now, it's, it's typical Huddersfield town that they, they come off at the weekend. And I'm sure when we hear from John Worthington before the Southampton game, um, we'll find out if they're all OK or whether they need a bit of time out. I think Radulovic could have the biggest impact. Again, at Man City, he came on for, what, the last 25, 30 minutes? He looked a bit of a handful against Man City, had a couple of shots um, and similar in recent weeks. Um, if he can, and, and same goes for Healy, actually, if they can maybe get 10 to 12 goals between them, between now and the end of the season, I think they could be the goals that really just fire town over the line. Um, I think we've, we've talked a little bit too long this season about how they're just lacking that final, you know, it says a lot when a centre-half is the top scorer, doesn't it? Um, you know, I go back to Blackburn and poor old Jack Radoni. Like, you've got to feel for him, but he's he, he should be scoring that. He should be scoring that. Um, so, if if one or if not both of Healy and Radulovic get firing this season, I think they will have the biggest impact. Nothing on Matos. I think he'll be brilliant and I think he'll have an impact on his own. Bolker, again, I think he looks a really solid signing, but we've had Helic all season, who's also looked solid. So, Radulovic or Healy for me, a hundred percent, if they can get the goals. Yes, yeah, no, I think, um, yeah, Matos has, has been good. Initially, I was, you know, I think I've been impressed with him. I suppose it was just, I didn't know if we necessarily needed that midfielder, um, particularly when you got like Hulk, who, um, who actually did an incredible pass. Um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I wasn't so sure, but I think you can, yeah, definitely good. Volker, I agree with you. I'm, I was thinking Healy to be honest. I think. Radulovic, like, he's obviously got to adjust from the Finnish League to the Championship. Um, I watched the QPR game. 
it was getting banged about really, I think a bit <laughs> is, the, is the nicest way to put it. Um, you know, and it'll be a bit of an adjustment there, but he, he, they both look like they can finish the strikers. I think if I had to be, you know, if you, you know, metaphorically put a gun to my head and I had to say, I, I think Healy's probably, the, if you look at the things on paper, probably more likely to adjust given he was he was at Watford. He, yeah. You know, on the scoring the Oregonese Championship. And I do think in that QPR game, he had some nice moments. I think Begovic tipped quite a good header onto the bar and I just, um, you know, wasn't afraid to have a shot. I'm completely with you. You know, town need goals. That's, that's why Darren Moore lost his job because we couldn't score goals under him really. And I, I think the goal scorers are, you know, it's a, uh, we can analyse football as much as we want as we do in podcast, but goals win games. You know, I think yeah. they're likely, and that's what town needs. So I'd, I'd probably go healing. Um, yeah, if I'm being honest. I think that's a good shout in terms of he's played in the championship already this season. Played at Watford. He's he's been at Cardiff in the past as well. So you know, you ju- you just hope that. Healy or, or as I say, Radulovic, just one of them gets a, a really good run of games and they just, you know, they just kick on really and, and get some goals under the belt. I mean, Healy, the um, clearance on the goal line at the weekend, that could be a huge impact. If that goes in, who knows how that game finishes on, on Saturday and we could be having a completely different less optimistic conversation. So, yeah, definitely, definitely one of the forwards for me. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I don't care who it is. <laughs> if they no, start well, scoring. and 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 I think that's my point. Like, I I want them both to do really well. You know, the Huddersfield Town players. So I, it would be great if we were sat here in May and they've both got ten goals each between now and the end of the season. Um, but even if it's just one of them who contributes to ten goals and maybe the other notches three or four, brilliant. Um, you're spot on. It doesn't matter which one of the forwards starts scoring or goes on a scoring run just as long as one of them does. And uh, those goals end up proving the difference in games. Absolutely, absolutely. I think with that in mind then, because we can kind of talk about strikers a bit more, but um, we are approaching half-time on this podcast. So as always, we're sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. Um, If you want to get 10% off any online orders that you do, you can use our code AHTTC10 uh, and you can get that 10% off. So use it. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll see it on the little ticker below as well. So uh, we're going to come back and we'll talk a little bit more about the Southampton game and uh, what town players would keep from the end of the summer. Where's that dust coming from? Still finding debris after vacuuming? Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has 8,000 PA of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets. And it's totally hands-free. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y.com and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Cozzy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old-school stadium. You're right near the pitch. Great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, so we, we talked about it, Louis. Obviously, we expect probably John Wilmington's going to take charge for this one. Um, we've talked about how it's a bit of a daunting task. I suppose, really, how would you 
think is the best way to set up for this one? Uh, is it to be very defensive or is it to kind of maybe catch them off guard? We did see under Moore, for example, we kind of took the game to it but at home. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're putting a good performance. What, what would you think is the best way to, to tackle Yeah, and I, I think... Um... Now, I play football manager a lot and I'd never go very defensive against anyone. Um, it, goes across, it goes against my own managerial philosophy if I was a manager. So I, I, I don't think, I mean, it does work. We've seen examples of it working in the past. But I, I think a team with Southampton's attacking threat going there and just trying to park the bus, for me, isn't the best option. I know some people listening to this podcast will be thinking, what on earth is he talking about? Of course it is. Um, but I think the Ipswich games are a really good example, actually. And, and even the Leicester game at the start of the season under Neil Warnock, I think actually when Town have tried to take the game to those so-called better sides in the league, albeit they maybe haven't picked up the wins, but the performances have been there. You know, the, the Ipswich game, I remember thinking, if Town had won that, there wouldn't have been any complaints. Same with the Leicester game. You know, I, I, I really felt Town deserved at least a point at, at the start of the season against Leicester. So I, I think a little bit more, you know, trying to catch them on the break and, and just not being afraid. I, th- I think one of the big disappointments for me this season was, was when me and Oggy covered the Norwich game down at Carrow Road just before Christmas. And you were just waiting for town to lay a glove the, the whole game. There, were, there was a chance in the first half. I, I want to say it was Sorba Thomas. I can't remember who. Um, but other than that, in the first half, there was nothing. And then it took till, I think, the 92nd minute for town to have their only shot on target. Now, Norwich on paper, probably a, probably a better squad, you know, man for man. But you've still got to be in the fight. You've still got to lay a glove on them. And, and, and I always think that's the better approach. Southampton we'll probably look at a Huddersfield Town or or a QPR or a Sheffield Wednesday and think they're just going to try and park the bus and stop us playing our game. And I don't think that's the best way. I think Town should go. It They've got the attacking talent. And, and it's funny how in the last segment, we've just talked about how goals have been an issue. But with the likes of Karoma and Thomas, and if we've got Healy fit, they do have players that can get forward and, and can run at defences and cause people problem you know they are talented footballers at the end of the day and without Alex Matos in the middle of the park you've got that aggression and that you know just that raw winner's energy um so so I always look at games as as look just just go for it and and try and try and catch them out try and lay a glove on them um the flip side of that and it's why John Worthington's in the dugout and not me is if you if you start like that and you you know you get caught early on it it could end up being a bad scoreline. But I, I think we've seen a lot of town this season where they have tried to set up for those draws. And sometimes it's, sometimes, you know, Southampton away, people will be thinking, Louis, a draw at Southampton away is a brilliant result, and it would be. Um, but just go for it. There is, despite the league position and despite some of the feelings around the team this season, there's enough talent in that team to still be able to, to at least have a go. Yeah, definitely. I think um, it's hard, isn't it? Because you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. But I'm with you. Like I, you know, I'm also a football manager player. I never go very defensive. Um, I just think, again, like we're talking about that performance, I think people may stomach a 3 0 defeat, for example, if you try to mm. bloody their noses. And we, we have seen, you know, that Wednesday game, 
Town can counter-attack. I know Wednesday had a very dodgy 12 minutes. I think it's fair to say, and we took advantage of that, which we don't get to say often. But, um, yeah, I mean, the perfect situation for Town would be to kind of catch them the first 15 minutes and go one nil up. And then, obviously, then you've probably got 70, you know, 75 minutes of... Uh, batting down the hatches but yeah, I think you talked about Sorba Thomas and Corona. I think it suits them to be playing on the break I think we you know that's Tam's season in a nutshell struggling to break down teams when there's a chance to break them down so um, and like you say I know we're talking about that running it is very daunting but all runs have to come to an end and like you know if you're John Worthington I suppose your message to the players is look lads like yes they're an incredible team and they're going on a good run but like they might be overconfident. They might you might catch them off guard, and this is you know, give them a game. As long as you feel like when the ninety minutes is done, you've given a good account of yourself. So that's, I think that's all the time to ask for, really. Well, and, and, and don't get me wrong. I know it, I know it's the FA Cup, but we saw Maidstone go and win at Ipswich the other week, and what did they have? Two shots the whole game. Um, you know, in the first goal, they they tried that move a handful of times, didn't they? Beforehand at nil nil. Um, long ball over the top, hitting hitting Ipswich on the break, and they got the goal. And yes, Ipswich equalised. It was probably coming, but they, you know, Maidstone needed one more chance, and they got it, and they scored. Now, I'm I'm not comparing a, a Championship game to a National League North side against a Championship side. I'm certainly not saying Huddersfield Town against Southampton is like a National League North side against a Championship side, but things like that can happen. It's it's and and it, and it's. It's been one of the obvious things all season for Huddersfield Town. I go back to that Jack Radoni chance against Blackburn a few weeks ago of them just taking their chances when they get them. I mean, we, again, a completely different kettle of fish, but you look at the opening 15 minutes that the Etty had in the cup tie. Town hit City on the break two or three times because of City's high line. And, and you know, five minutes in, albeit there was an offside flag, Sorba Thomas was through on goal. Um, and, and in a way, I was kind of glad there was an offside flag because for me, he, he should be putting that away. But they've shown that they can play that way and hit teams on the break. So I, I think you're, you're spot on. The, the reverse of that is, is getting an early goal within that first 15, 20 minutes. And then you can be a bit more cautious and a little bit more defensive and frustrate Southampton. But by no means, I, I, I look at Huddersfield Town and think they should go and park the bus anywhere, to be honest. Because as I say, they... They do have that talent up top. And I think you're right with Sorber and Karoma. I, I think they are the kind of players you see when when town do break, when they counter-attack. They've got pace at the end of the day. And uh, I guess it doesn't really matter how good a football you are. If you've got someone charging at you with, with lightning pace, then it, it's going to be a tough ask, isn't it? I don't, I don't know. It, it's really hard to say it is because anything can happen. Like You know, town can go and go and get a win it's it's certainly not out and I know the bookies town are probably really high odds for this one but it is hard and and, and, I, and I think it's because of that transition period you're right if it's 2-3-0 nil, you kind of think look we're in this transition we're waiting for a new manager they're unbeaten in 21 league games what more did we expect but at the same time you know having spoken to a lot of the Huddersfield town squad over the last few years and you know they won't be going there just to be Southampton's next win. They'll they'll be going there to win it. And uh, you know, as I say, who knows? It's going to be really interesting though to see how they set up. Really, really interesting. Yeah, I think I suppose for, for John Worthington, it doesn't. You know, it's not going to affect him. And you know, he's got the the win in the must win game. 
but I think we've, we've seen, and this is kind of uh, maybe what's playing in mind, but I think that whole City game under Darren Moore, where we mm. settled to get a point, is fair yeah. enough. We're following the playoff spots, absolutely. But, you know, we conceded as soon as you conceded and you played in a way where you're just kind of trying to stink the place out and, you know, hope for a draw. Um, as soon as you concede, it kind of goes out the window. And I think, you know, again, it's, it's difficult with Southampton because I think they're a much better side than Hull, but you kind of game plan. As soon as they score, it's, it's like, all right, so <laughs> what do we do now? And you do have to come out. And I just think sometimes, particularly with, with our fan base, uh, you know, and it's absolutely fair enough. It is annoying. Like, you don't want to see that. You know, you would rather go for it. Yeah. And if you lose 2-0, at least you've kind of tried to... Yeah. So, I, again, I think we keep talking back to it. And it's probably the buzzword for this for this episode. But uh, performance is, 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 is the key for here. I, I think, like you said, go in with, into it with a positive mindset. And that's not to say Town haven't done that in the past, you know, and it's needs must. And we talked about the squad and Darren Moore, you know, he did have a difficult squad and all the injuries and stuff. So... But yeah, that's kind of how I um, I think we're both on the, the same wavelength here. Mm. Just try and, you know, give something positive so town fans can point to point to something while we wait for a new man to come in. Yeah. And as I say, I go back to, to the very start, Brady. I think, you know, a loss at Southampton, if that's to happen on Saturday, won't define the rest of the season, in my opinion, for Huddersfield Town. You know, there's there's bigger fish to fry than going there, and, and don't get me wrong, a win at St Mary's would be amazing, wouldn't it? But they are most likely going to be playing Premier League football next year. So it, it's not going to be one if you lose it. You know, if, if Rotherham lost to them at the weekend, didn't they? So you look at the teams around Sheffield Wednesday, uh, Blackburn, QPR, <laughs> you would suggest that they will also lose at Southampton. You know, Stoke, you can throw Stoke and Birmingham in there, can't you, as well? Um so and and that's why I think I'm just like like let, let's just see what happens and just go for it. Absolutely, me too. So with that in mind, then what's your score prediction for this one? Oh God, um, I'm going to go for Southampton one, Huddersfield Town one. Okay. I I kind of like your thinking, Brady. And again, people are probably listening to this thinking what on earth is he talking about I think I I, I, I think and I, I do really like your, your thinking I, I think if Town do go there and try and play with a bit of freedom catch them a little bit off guard go 1-0 up I think that would be absolutely amazing I think the defence looks solid um, so I would optimistically say they would grind out the 1-0 if they went 1-0 up the realist in me um, and this is where I'm not always 100% optimistic, is Southampton are so dangerous, aren't they? Um, and being at home, um, they would probably find that equalising goal. Um, but if they were to go down and get a 1-1, I think that would be amazing. So I'm, I'm not going to completely put myself out there to be hounded and say a town win. But I think, I think a point, a, a point, 1-1, let's say 1-1. Yeah, um, I suppose I'm, I'm like you. Optimistically, I would say one all. I just, I don't. I think Southampton are going to score, um, regardless. But yeah, 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 I could, I could weirdly see that. Like, um, I could see a one all. That's, that's what my heart is saying. <laughs> I think my head is probably saying two, three no loss. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just think they're in incredible form. 
yeah, it's hard. It's funny. We've joked about um, how draws under Darren Moore wasn't the most exciting, but you take that now in this game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can. I just think there's no shame in in losing to a team that's better no. for you, provided provided you've given a good account of yourself. And, uh, yeah. So I'd probably, if I'm going to be honest, I'd, I'd probably say two 0 it, it, it is the, the issue for me because I always go with my heart and. <laughs> I probably always end up looking stupid, you know, whenever there's a World Cup or a Euros, England are going to win it. Like, I, I, at the start of a, a major international tournament, I never have a doubt in my England are going to win this tournament. I'm saying the same about the Euros upcoming. So I just like to go with my heart. And, and I do think it's just one of those games. And the, 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 I think one of the reasons we love the championship so much is, is and it's so cliche to say, it's so unpredictable. And there is so much being made of Southampton. They play tonight as well in the FA Cup replay. Let's not forget that. It'll be interesting to see what team he plays. Um, There's just so much um, being made about Southampton, and rightly so. And, and, you know, I guarantee if we listen to all the podcasts when they talk about, you know, accumulated tips and things like that, everyone will have home win on. And... I just think if anyone in that bottom four, five, six could spoil a party at the moment, I think it would be Huddersfield Town, based on what we saw against Sheffield Wednesday. There we go. That's the, the, the <laughs> party spoilers. Yeah, I like it. Well, let's see what happens. But um, before we go, we've got some mailbag questions this week, so let's get stuck into them right now. You've got mail. I like this one. Guy Bradley, he asks a quick one for you, uh, for you Louis. I'll answer as well. Uh, Guy says the next match has to be managed by either Jan Siever or Mark Fogringham. Who are you choosing? Uh, <laughs> what a lovely um, choice. <laughs> do you know what? I'm going to say Mark Fotheringham. And wow. the only reason I'm saying Mark Fotheringham is because, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I met him on a number of occasions, um, obviously dealt with him for my job at, at BBC Radio Leeds. And I, I think I remember saying to you in the season preview and, and maybe at some point last season, Brady, from a human point of view, I got on with Mark really well. Um, obviously, it didn't work out at Huddersfield Town. <clears throat> Always the argument to say, um, you know, should have should he have been put in that position in the first place, but ultimately he didn't get the results. Um, but on a personal level, I got on with him quite well. So purely on that, I would, I would probably go with Mark. Yeah, and I, I do, I wish him the best. So, there we are. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's scouting in South Korea for you. Yeah, he's got All himself right. a decent gig there, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, oh, what I'm, about you? Yeah, I might put this out as a Twitter poll as well, actually, so we'll say. Yeah. Um, I think that the theme is here is both maybe, you look at what they've gone on to do, I know Fotheringham's more recent, but Sievert's kind of not gone back into management. I know he's in caretaker charge for one game for Mines against Bayern. Mm. They went like 2-0 up and then ended up losing the game. I didn't... It's, it's strange to see that because obviously I was leaning maybe more towards Jan because I quite liked him. He seemed quite nice and I know he stayed in Huddersfield after he got sacked for a little bit. Mm. Um, and I, I, I don't know, I just... Yeah, it's strange. I, I do think, you know, hindsight, Colonel Hindsight never went to war and all that, but I think maybe if he'd come in at the start of, after we got relegated, maybe it would have worked out better. I mean, you know, the rumours where he did fall out with some of the Danish players we had at the time. Um, oh, I don't know. I, I was leaning Seaver, to be honest. I just think Fodbring, um, 
um <laughs> yeah i just yeah <laughs> i probably should i, I don't know i uh, i remember what matt glennon said about him at the end of our live show and listeners want to go back to that but he wasn't as complimentary as maybe you were louis so uh, fair enough i mean i i would only see him for half an hour on a thursday every now and again and you know i had no insight into into anything else i would just turn up ask him a few questions and have a bit of a chat with him after um so that's all that's based on it is interesting with siva just to very briefly go off on a tangent and what you said if he had if he had come in in that summer going into that championship season um and i know what you mean i remember i'd i'd maybe been working at radio leeds for about six months i, I was first there when town were in that relegation season um and i remember listening to his interviews and always thought he seemed like a nice fella and you sometimes get the inclination with some football managers don't they they are saying the right things it just mm. for some reason doesn't seem to happen so fair enough we can ag- agree to disagree on that one can't we yeah I'll, i am going to put that out as a poll because <coughs> i think that's an interesting one i don't know yeah i think i think steve i mean, was more probably more likable i think i don't think Fotheringham was a bad person but i just think some of his quotes. Although I do remember Jan Siebert saying about with like soup and seasoning and it was like a, a clunky metaphor. But, you know, I think it's... <laughs> and he talked everyone happy Yorkshire Day. So uh, Well, there we are. That's, that's enough for me. Okay, this one is, uh, is a bit of an interesting one. It's from Liam Noble. Um, so it says, Liam says, if we stop up again, given how we have a few out of contract and the squad needs some surgery too, what do you think we... Who do you think we should let go and who would you keep? So what I'm going to do, Louis, is I think I'm going to run through every player yeah. uh, and I'm going to ask you, and I'll, I'll do the same after your response, I'll ask you to keep, sell or release if they're out, out of contract or loan, I'll give you an option because there's some youngsters in there. So uh, are, are you ready for this? It's quite a long list. I will. Remind me when you're going through the list which ones are out of contract. I will so do, do, I will it. do. There is, I'm looking at my list because, yes, I do do... Uh, Prep listeners, uh, I've got five according to transfer mark who are out of contract on the 30th of June. Uh, so could be wrong. Don't have a go at me, have a go at transfer mark. Okay, first one Lee Nichols. Keep. Yep, keep. Solid well, number one, keep. Yep, Chris Maxwell. I think when he stood in for Lee Nichols, he's merited being kept as a, as a solid backup. Yeah, uh, I would agree, worth keeping. Jacob Chapman, out of contract, uh, 30th of June 2024, what would you do? It's, it's a real tough one. I, I would lean on maybe the side of release, especially if you're keeping Nichols and Maxwell, um, or the other option, sign him up and send him out on loan. Okay. If I'm going to push you. Release. Release? Ooh, yeah. okay. Oh, I would sign him up uh, and loan him out. To a League Two team or League yeah. One team. Uh, I think we all know the answer to this next one. Mikhail Helic. Oh, keep. keep. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think we're probably going to get interest for him uh, in the summer. So yeah, and I guess if interest comes in, it all depends on the fee, doesn't it? You, you certainly don't want someone like that going for, for peanuts because he's been fantastic this season. Not just brilliant at the back, but he's been a centre-forward at times as well, hasn't he, with his goal contribution? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I would keep, and I hope he wants to stay, because he did a lovely message to our podcast as well. Um, next one, Matty Pearson, out of contract for, for June 2024. Sign him up for another year. 100% leader, 
solid when he plays. Um, gets his injuries, doesn't he, from time to time? But I think he's someone that'll that'll be vital in that dressing room. Keep. Yeah, I, I'll sign him up and keep him. So I think, um, yeah, it's just yeah, nice, nice guy. I, I think, like you say, you saw his goal threat at the weekend, um, and I think it's nice to have local lads in the squad as well. Like, yeah. You know, um, so I'm, I'm with you. Yuta, who I believe is out of contract, Yuta Nakayama. It's a real tough one because, based on ability alone, you you would really keep him. But again, injuries have been an issue, haven't they? So it depends on salaries and things like that. I would keep Uta, but maybe on a shorter term deal, another year. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be I think it's one of them it all depends on how he plays for the next few months. Uh, yeah. yeah I, I'm leaning towards a keep, but I'm le- I'm looking at my list. I've kept most of them, which is surprising because I've definitely done that in the past. Um, I would lean towards keep, um, but yeah, um, I think there's a potential. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of. I think his career's like that. He's looked good in some games. Obviously, had the injury and was out for a while. So um, yeah, I'd say keep, but potentially release. We'll see. Uh, Rodino Bolka, I think obviously keep. We've only keep. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Tom Lee's. Lee's for me, I don't think he would play every week next season, but I think like Matty Pearson, he's vital to have around. He would be a very reliable backup, local-ish guy. Um, and he, he just gets it, doesn't he? And I, I think especially, <laughs> we're at the stage now, Brady, we're talking about town being in transition again. And regardless of a manager coming in now, there will be a summer of transition. And I think having those players like your Pearsons, like your Lees, will be really helpful toward, towards that transition. I know I'm sounding a bit like Neil Warnock here. Um, and let's be honest, he was part of that team that got to the playoff final a couple of years ago. So I, I would keep him for another year, definitely. Getting on now, isn't he, Tom Lees? It feels like he's been around forever, but certainly I think his experience again would be invaluable. Yeah, I, I'd keep him. I, I think, like you say... Depends on what the new manager, who it is, what they want to play. I think if you were playing the Black Four, I'd be tempted to do Pelican and Balker because I think you've got a bit yeah. of a contrast there. But I think Louise is worth keeping. He's, he's he's very like solid and spectacular, and I think you know, weirdly, I know they're down the end, but I think he's been quietly good this season. He never seems mm. to make a fool of it. So yeah, I'd keep as well. And um, we were talking about Utah and left backs. Uh, Jaheim Headley out of contract, thirty for June. I'd keep Headley. I saw him, I think I've mentioned this before, I saw him play for Harrogate when I was covering Bradford City for, for Radio Leeds and I thought he was brilliant. And I think at times when he has come into the team, he's looked really good. Um, again, would he be first choice next season? Maybe not. But he's a young player that, that town can continue to develop. And if they keep him, they can develop him. He might then not be first choice. Bit of bit of money in the bank if they can get a fee for him, so I'd keep Jaheim. Yeah, same, same. I think keep him extend. Um, Josh Ruffles obviously signed the deal till twenty twenty five, so he's not going to be out of contract. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, he's injured again now, isn't he? Unfortunately, till the end of the season, is Josh. Um, so it's really I'm just getting it up now. Yeah, successful hernia operation. 
but his recovery from that and a groin issue will take longer than expected. That's what the club said. He's due to return for the 24-25 season. Ruffles is one of them for me. Again, when, when I've seen him, I just think he's been steady, 7 out of 10. He, he doesn't tend to put a foot wrong, so I, I'd keep him until he's the following season, definitely. I, w- I wouldn't probably look to sell him more. And, and then I think the thing is, now that he's injured until the end of the season, how realistic would it be a party coming forward and, and putting a bid in? So keep for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, just maybe see how it goes, you know. Yeah. Just like, I agree with you. I think he struggled not being Harry Toffler, but I think he was then quite solid under Warren because well, he's kind of come on since then. So. Hence why I got that new deal. So, yeah, yeah, I think he's key. This is an interesting one, though. Ben Jackson out of contract. We've got a lot of left-backs here. Left-sided defenders. It it is really tough, isn't it? And again, Ben's another one who is, when he's stepped up, again, I I haven't had anything bad to say about him. I think he's, I think he does the job really well. Um, I'd probably keep him again. Are we becoming a bit repetitive, saying we'll just retain this whole squad? Well, this um, is the thing. Last season, I was like, there were so many at the lease, and we, we did. <laughs> Whereas I think it's more adding to for me. Um, I, 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 yeah, and I, I always think with youngsters, and again, this is going back into my uh, football manager mindset, if you've got a young player, they're not really going to cost the club a lot in terms of wages, are they? It's a player who you know does a good job when they come in. Fans love seeing younger players break into the side. And and look, if it doesn't work out over the following season or the season after that, they're still in a contract that you can probably sell for a, for a fair enough fee. So I, I'd keep Ben. Again, he's, for me, he's done... I always look, if you're going to release a player, and maybe I was a bit harsh on, on Chapman, um, but maybe that's down to, to opportunities because of his position. But if you're going to release a player, I think more they've either had a complete stinker in a township or they're, they're getting really old. Um, so I'd, I'd keep Ben, definitely. There's just so much competition for left-back. Yeah, yeah, I suppose that's it really, isn't it? It's, I, I'd keep him. He's quite versatile, uh, more so than like Headley, I'd say. Um, so it's worth keeping for that. But yeah, I suppose it's hard to say with a new manager. We'll, we'll probably come back to this on the podcast towards the end of the season. Um, just to see if we, we change. Speaking yeah. of people who've had a stinker in the township, uh, Tom Edwards, out of his loan spell ends in, uh, in June, I think we both would say return. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it hasn't worked out, unfortunately, for Tom. I don't think he'll ever, in town colours, recover from the, the game at Leeds. And it's maybe best shake hands, wish him well, and, and move on from that one. Sometimes it just doesn't work out, does it? Yeah, I completely agree. Oli Turton, injured again. Um, another, again, we're still on defenders here. Yeah, <laughs> I think because, you know, um, he, he's still in contract. I, and yeah, let's say who's going to come in for him. So I think you probably have to keep. Yeah, I, th- I think so. And uh, I think it's been a real shame with Ollie's injuries because, again, he's, a, he's another one of those players that he's just so, just does the job well, steady, mm-hmm. might not set the, the league alight, but he just, he just comes in and does his job really well. Um, quite understated. He'll never be, you, you know, the, the hero of the team, will he? But, I, you know, he was one of them when he initially got injured. For me personally, I noticed when he wasn't in the team for the first few weeks. So I, I'd keep Ollie and just just hope that he gets back up to full fitness. Yeah. 
Okay, uh, I agree. Brody Spencer out of contract 2025. I'd keep and offer him a new deal. Brilliant. Absolutely, offer him a new deal. I mean, again, we talked about Matos, his debut being at City, but Spencer coming back and and thrown straight into that team at the Etihad. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. And another one of of a younger age at Town, tie them down. You know, these are potential assets going forward. Yeah, agree, agree. Um, Jonathan Hogg at a contract, according to Transfer Mark. Um, what would you do? It is that is the hardest question I think you've ever put to me, Brady. Um, because you, you know, going forward, is he going to be able to play as many games as possible? But I think his contribution to Huddersfield Town, you, you give him another year, don't you? And whether that's in a like we've touched on with Lees and, and Pierce and just that voice in the dressing room or, you know, I mean, he'll still want to play. Of course he will. Um, but I think when it when it comes to players like Jonathan Hogg at whatever club you're at, you know, you've got to, you've got to extend them, haven't you? Yeah, I think I, I, I would keep him. I'd extend it for a year. But, and I think this is my criticism of town, he can't be as crucial as he is. And that's no disrespect to him, but I think that's, yeah. you know, he, he, I wouldn't mind it if he's more like a Dean White, Mark Hudson role, where he's, you know, he, you know, he's not going to, he can't start every game anyway. Yeah. Um, but I, I would be more than happy if he was kind of like, can play the old game, you know, Southampton away, I'd, I'd want, I'd want Hoggy just because yeah. he's going to drift in, but I don't think you need him for every game. And I think Town probably need to, to move on progress and Hoggy as a good option but not the first choice is, is probably so yeah keep an extend for me Jack Rodoni keep I'm assuming you're the same keep yeah yeah Ben Wiles keep as well I think he played an excellent pass on Saturday actually I, I, I was going to say actually because he hasn't had the best start to his town career has he I, th- I think some people were a bit disappointed with his earlier performances looked really good actually against West Brom in his debut uh, back in September, but yeah, I'd keep him. He, he looked, he just looked a lot freer, didn't he, on Saturday? And like you said, that pass was great. And look, it, it, it's been such a disappointing season at times. It's it's maybe harsh to single out players. I, I think we'll have a better picture of of a Wiles type player this time next year when there's a new manager in place. Hopefully, results are completely different as they have been this year in town are sitting in a much better position. But yeah, I, I wouldn't write him off yet. No, completely agree. David Kasumu, I'd keep as well. Keep, yeah. No no qualms. Uh, Brahima Diara, contract, I'd, I'd release. Yeah, I, I think with Brahima and, you know, again, a younger player, but it just feels like it's not really going to happen for him. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd He's one of them. I think if you had mentioned his name, and we, if you hadn't have mentioned his name, and we'd gone through this whole list. I, I don't think I would have gone. Oh, what about so and so? So yeah, maybe maybe time to part ways. Yeah, I mean the room is where he doesn't really want someone who did as well. So yeah, I think that's a big thing as well. You you know what we're all like as football fans, and we'll do it in our jobs. At the end of the day, if you, if you don't want to be here, that's fine. Um, best of luck to you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Alex Matos, probably likely to return to Chelsea. I've included him in this list, but I would keep him for another season. Uh, I think if there was an option, based on yeah. what we've seen, you'd be saying to Chelsea, can we take him on loan again? They did that with Tino Andrin, didn't they, um, a couple of years ago, albeit it didn't work out with Tino. Um, 
So if Chelsea were up for it, then I'd be doing, based on what we've seen over the last, what, five, six weeks, I'd be doing all we can to, to extend that loan. I agree. Delano Bergsorg, unlearned to the end of the season, but Tamil, they're not going to combine. I think he's shown he could be a really useful player. Radulovic, Healy are there now. Um, I would take a punt on Bergsorg. I think the first half of the season, Helic aside, he, he was one of Town's shining lights in what was a really difficult first half of the season. And I think the fans like him. I think the fans like him, so I'd, I'd keep. Yeah, I'm saying I'd, I'd make it permanent. I just think Town, in some ways, different players, but it reminds me a bit of Sonani. Like, mm. I think he's got a bit more flair, but he's, yeah, Delano scored a few crucial goals for us. Like, obviously, yeah. he's got the one against Sunderland. And I just think, I know he's a bit chaos at times, but I, I think now that we've got Healy and Radulovic, like, it wouldn't, He's not going to be their sole source for goals, and I wonder mm. if that actually make him a bit better. So yeah, I took a punt on him. Yeah. Like say, he's, he's well liked and he scored uh, the first goal at West Brom as well, didn't he? Early in the season. Um, yeah, it's funny what you say about Sonani as well because that that Corbran season getting to the playoffs, Sonani obviously played a really good role in that. But it was more, I think, after Sonani left the club, you realised just how important he was to that Huddersfield Town team the season before. And, and I think if Bergsorg wasn't to stay at the club, I think we could be scratching our heads thinking, oh, do you know who we could have done with today? Delano Bergsorg. He, he's kind of that kind of player. So I'd, I'd definitely make it permanent. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely keep... And he's quick, you know. So we, you know... And I've never seen a player get so giddy after scoring like he did against Ipswich. He was like standing <laughs> on the ball after that. So I'd keep him just for that. Josh Caroma and Silver Thomas, I'll put these two together. I assume you're going to keep both. Oh, yes. Maybe not. I, I would, but I do want to see a bit more from both of them um, in terms of consistency. Um, maybe more so a little bit with Thomas, um, because I think on the day they're both fantastic. Um but I'd, I would just like to see that more on a consistent basis. If you could get Sorba Thomas and Josh Caroma like they were on Saturday, then, you know, for 40 out of 46 games, then you're laughing, aren't you? Um, mm-hmm. I would keep them. They're still good age. Um, but, yeah, ju- just a little bit more consistency, I think, I think would be nice for both of them. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'd keep both. Um Again, I, I think if there's more attacking players, there's probably less pressure on them. Yeah. So I'd keep them both. Healy and Radulovic, again. Yeah, no-brainer. Yeah. Uh, Keen Harrett. Is he still in contract? He is, uh, isn't he? So he is, from the looks of things. I, w- I would yeah. keep Keen. Um, Warnock loved him and, and got a tune out of him, but I think he would have to go out on loan um, you know, to a League One side possibly, and really get a, a number of games under his belt. I know he had a, a decent spell at Port Vale. Obviously, he went to Bradford. That didn't work out. But I think what's key for Kean now, you know, we're talking about Huddersfield Town and we're saying something we couldn't say four weeks ago, but they are, you know, they're not short of attacking options at the moment. So that ultimately means Kean's pushed down the pecking order. So I'd keep, but 
get him on a season long loan somewhere in League One, and and you know to a to a club that are going to play him week in week out, get a load of games under his belt, and hopefully some goals. Yeah. I'm completely with you. Yeah, keep him on him out. I think he, he could benefit, especially his age, benefit from you know playing every week at the moment. Which well, at town, even when he comes back and he's fit. So yeah, yeah. yeah. And Danny Ward, very injury prone this season. Um, so we're not really seeing him. What would you do? Again, it's hard because he is under contract. But I would maybe, if we could get a fee. If we could get a fee, I think it's maybe... Look, Neil Warnock got the best out of Danny Ward and he played a great role in in Carlos's, uh, in the season. Carlos got the team to to Wembley, but I think he's getting on. If you look at the attacking options we've touched on and he, he hasn't really been seen a lot this season, it's going to be a big ask for him to get back in that 11 um, or even in that match day squad. So if Town can get a fee for him or even send him out on loan, you know, where... where they have a deal where another club pays pays the wages. Um, I, I I'd be looking to move him on, unfortunately. Um, but he's been brilliant for town, and there's no taking away from that. But I really struggle to see where he gets back into that attacking line. I I like Danny Ward. I think he gets a hard hard ride sometimes. Um, I don't see him being a starter, mm. um, so I don't know what his wages are, um, but. I think he would, you know, if he's fit, I think that's the question, if he's fit, but he's a great another 20-minute off-the-bench option. And, yeah. You know, um, he has proved to be quite effective as an off-the-bench option. We saw that with Cardiff and Neil. So I prob- I like I like Danny Ward. Um, I think, so I would be, in, I would keep him. However, he's very injury-prone and it depends on the new manager. And obviously, yeah. if the new manager doesn't like him, then I would try and cash him or, you know, let him, because he's towards the end of his career. Well, that's that's the thing, isn't it? It's seeing what the new manager wants. And, you know, ultimately, he's been brilliant for town. But if the new manager maybe doesn't see him as a as a regular starter or even getting in that match day squad, then if town have the opportunity to cash in on him, then, then maybe that would be the right thing to do. Yeah. OK. Last two. Uh, <sighs> Ian Phillips. I'd sell. Uh, I just think he's he's... Unfortunately, with injuries, and he's not out of contract until I think it's next year, not uh, 2024 or 2025. I just don't see him breaking into the town team. Uh, so I think I'd just let him go and, and go somewhere where he's going to play regularly. Yeah, I agree. I think I think if he if he was to break in, it would have happened by now. You look at we we mentioned Headley and Jackson, who who really have when they've appeared for town, shown what they're about. Um, but they've been given that opportunity. And I think Kieran's fan, was it Morecambe he had a loan spell at? Um, mm-hmm. And by all accounts, did well at Morecambe. They liked him there. So if there was a League One side or, or maybe even a top-end League Two side who were willing to pay a fee, I think it's, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Kieran, because, uh, you know, he's a bit of a local lad. But yeah, I just think, uh, I just can't see it. Carl Hudlin isn't in this list, but I, I think, again, I'd do what we did with, with uh, Keen Harrett, I'd keep him alone and out. I think, yeah, yeah. He's just great. gone to Burton, hasn't he? So it'll be, yeah. you, you know, if he does well for Burton, absolutely keep him and try and get him another loan spell like that. And, you know, at the end of the day, these kind of players, and, and we've seen Hudlin be used as well, that's the thing. And, he, and he's actually, you know, he, he's looked effective when, when he has been used. Um, 
I think sometimes obviously his height does go against him, like people just write him off, but he's he's looked effective. He got a goal in the League Cup in me earlier this season. So if if he has a good end to the season with Burton, I don't see a harm in keeping him and then sending him back out on loan. No, I agree. Um final one then Pat Pat Jones. Pat Jones is a tough one, and I knew you were gonna to come to Pat Jones because was it Norwich away last season? He scored a brilliant goal. And yeah. I think we're, we're, we're always waiting for it to really happen with Pat Jones. And and we've seen those glimpses and we've seen why we're all so optimistic. I think I would love to keep him um, because I think we all get a bit excited when he's in and around the team. But again, like Kean, I think he needs he needs a proper loan spell where he's playing games week in, week out. Hmm. He's out. He's out of contract in 2025. I feel unfortunate because he's a young lad, but he, yeah, he seems he seems quite injury prone. He's picked up a couple of knocks, and I think I would be tempted to loan him out if possible, just because I can't really see him getting three games in a row for town, like yeah. starting. So I, I would be tempted to loan him out, and I think again another one who, who needs games. So I would keep, but I think. You know, and this is this is you know I don't want to be harsh to Pat Jones because he, he's a young lad with potential, but you know I think if it kind of if his town career carries on the way it does, I, I don't think anyone would be too too bothered this time next season twenty twenty five to get get released. So um, yeah, I'd keep him and write him out. And, you know, he picks on. There we go. Yeah. Well, that's the full list. Well, uh, I think we'll leave it there. No, a little bit longer, but, you know, I'll, I enjoy that. I love doing this. Yeah, always a uh, pleasure. Yeah, so, Lou, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks to all the listeners for tuning in and sticking with us, especially if you did till the end there. And thanks to Magic Rock, who sponsored this episode. As always, Tom and I will be back for the next one. So we'll leave it there to Tough now and up the town. Up the town. The town play Back to Huddersfield Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death Michael Heffley Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.